0: Hello everybody and welcome back to a mini edition of the Brit Restaurant Table. We're going to try and do a few more of these um, in the future and continuing from now uh, on the weeks where we don't have a full episode. Um, This week, ICW, the promotion we never talk about but ends up having some of the biggest shows every year um, because loads of Scottish people go to them and somehow they have very little buzz at the same time. Um, they're hosting their biggest show of the year at the Hydro. Um, The show that Progress in the past have said doesn't exist uh, when they try and promote their Wembley show as the biggest show in uh, British wrestling history, conveniently ignoring a show from a year or two prior. Got to get that little dig in. Um, Yeah, Uh, but unfortunately, I know very, very little about ICW. I know some things about some of the wrestlers on those cards, but uh, as for the actual storylines, I don't have a clue. So I have brought in Voices of Wrestling's resident uh, expert on the insane wrestling promotion, uh, insane championship wrestling. Um, Do you ever think, Andrew, because that's who I've brought on, Andrew Sinclair, hello. Hello. Do you ever think how weird wrestling promotion names are? Yeah, yeah, it's very odd. Uh, Because
1: at the start, I could understand the insane thing, because they used to bring out PS1s and Hit each other with them, and it's now just sort of not not particularly insane at all. Really. Sort of bang average,
0: which is sort of the problem. That that is that is a problem, but kind of just across the board, really. You've you've got a lot of like initials that you never really think about what they stand for, but because you just you just see RPW, but. What, like revolution pro wrestling like what, what does that mean what does They're that mean very dramatic like attack pro wrestling. attack pro wrestling pro wrestling what? chaos and that kind of thing it's uh it's it's a, it's an interesting one in the uk <laughs> uh, like nothing will quite top west side extreme wrestling um <laughs> with with their weird lowercase w's and capital x for extreme <laughs> but uh yeah we've we've got a, a wonderful collection um so yeah uh the hydro uh fear and loathing 11 11 11 i look you can tell how clued up i am <laughs> on by that that pause between the the name and the number um they've been doing these for a while and even at the hydro they've they've been going there for a couple of years now and they've been doing some tre- tremendous numbers there even if they haven't all necessarily been the most tremendous of shows so uh do you want to give us a bit of background on um, on their history at this venue and Fear and Loathing in general?
1: Yeah, so Fear and Loathing Door is always kind of... Well, the thing with ICW is it, it's very much kind of attitude-era WWE, uh, not only in the, the foreign imports they've brought in historically, they're actually super crazy and the Dudley Boys and that kind of thing, but also in the sense that they very much like the WWE, have the traditional Big Four shows. The Square Go is their take on the Royal Rumble. Baromania, which is sort of the, it's at the same time of year as WrestleMania, but it's definitely not the biggest show of the year. You have Shark's House Party in the summer, and then Fear and Loathing at the same time, sort of Survivor Series, but Fear and Loathing has always been the biggest show of the year. Um, it used to be in the S E C C in Glasgow, and then they moved to the Hydro in 2016. That was headlined by Joe Coffey against Kurt Angle, and they drew uh, 6,000 fans. I'm not entirely sure how accurate that number was, but um, it was packed out, really, and there was an awful lot of buzz. Last year, they went back to the Hydro, and the headliner was Joe Coffey again, uh, wrestling for the undisputed ICW Championship. So he put his World Heavyweight Championship on the line against BT Gunn, who was the Zero G Champion at the time. Uh, and then they've come back this year for a third time, aiming in theory to at least match the 4,000 they drew in last year and hopefully better that. And the card this year is stronger. But it comes off the back of a much weaker year overall for ICW. Yeah. Um,
0: you were mentioning, but before we start recording on the the whole uh, the the aggressiveness of their advertising uh, perhaps tells a story and how confident they are in this show.
1: Yeah. So there's been a lot of like big poster campaigns in Glasgow. There's been free ticket giveaways on the radio, which they've done before. Uh, but it definitely seems a lot bigger this time than in previous years. there have been a lot more interviews with Glasgow Live and The Daily Record and some Scottish newspapers and stuff, and a, another attempt to really promote the show. But it feels this year that as much as I've seen them promoting it quite hard, there seems to be very, very little buzz from the wrestling community, at least within the kind of the bubble that, that we find
0: ourselves in. Yeah, and to some degree... ICW's always been a weird one in that it's never had a huge amount of buzz within our bubble, even right at its peak, uh, when I guess you'd probably say the peak for ICW was Grado um, right at the height of his popularity and the promotion kind of being built around him, because he was, he was to some degree, a local crossover star. Um, yeah. like he, he was on TV, uh, he was on leave bbc scotland he had his own show for yeah. a while um and you know while to to us in the bubble the the Progresses and the rev pros were always the the hot promotion with all the buzz icw would at that point in time continuously outdraw them even though you know it didn't feel like as many people were talking about them and it, you know i guess that kind of comes from you talking about um as you described it a very attitude era tribute act uh product it's not necessarily appealing to the same people that uh we are fans of but but you say even compared to to then when it didn't feel like they had proportionate buzz to the numbers they were doing uh within our bubble you're saying even from then it feels like a big drop-off
1: yeah definitely in previous years they would have kind of done like a road to hydro kind of set up where Mm -hmm. they would have done shows down in the tram shed in cardiff probably bristol southampton maybe newcastle this year there's been none of that they ran two kind of fight club taping shows in november they were in uh, the garage in Glasgow for one and then they went to aberdeen last weekend but there's been very little movement outside of scotland this year and it feels that When Joe Coffey was champion, they were bringing in people. So uh, he defended against Moose and a couple of other names that would have got recognition. But this year, there seems to have been far less... I don't know whether it's far less money spent on imports or what, but it definitely feels like ICW has made far less of a dent, even in terms of where they're going and who they're bringing in. Um, And you can look at the imports of this show. They're mostly you kind of WWE, NXT UK guys that they have a working relationship with, so probably don't cost them very much Mm -hmm. at all. Uh, And then beyond that, the other imports are the Briscoe brothers, who are basically going to be in the curtain jerker, um, and James Storm, who has wrestled for them all year, and I don't think has Mm -hmm. tremendous charge, because he's not working in lots and lots of places and he's not a hot commodity. Um, there's no like last year when you had Rey Mysterio and Rob Van Dam who definitely didn't come cheap um, and I, ju- I just feel that ICW's definitely lost the buzz and I think the main thing is that the casual fans so the likes of kind of like Arn who's normally on the round table and stuff who've watched it because of the buzz and because it was a big promotion they just got sick and tired of the nonsense booking and the the no finishes and the run-ins and the, the authority figures and I think they just got sick of the booking and that it was just Diminishing returns, and once they switch off, it's the same number of people you're asking to put their hand in the pocket time and time again, which again is going to lead to lower crowds and less buzz.
0: Mm-hmm. De- definitely, when it's it's not necessarily um, delivering something that that makes you necessarily want to come back again and again. There's it does have the advantage of that there isn't compared to say London there isn't a huge amount of choice of of wrestling uh, in scotland comparatively um yeah. and a lot of a lot of the other promotions are using the, the exact same guys um whereas say london you've you're within two hours of what 20 different promotions or whatever um yeah. all offering very different um products and also fairly different um areas of talent but at some point you will you know you will grind down fans and they will find better things to do i guess um but uh yeah let's get to the card because to be fair to them it's a more promising card than i've seen for some icw shows in the past um it, you know it's not exactly pulling me in i'm not going oh i've got to i've got to make the trip up to scotland to be at this show um, but it, it's not a horrible card, so uh, let, let's let's run through it. Um, so as you mentioned mm. in the in the opener, we've got uh, the Briscoes facing uh, the Kings of Catch, which is Lewis Gervin and Aspen Faith, Rampage Brown and Ashton Smith, the Purge, which is Crowbar with a K, um, just so you know it's edgy, and uh, Stevie James, Jimmy Havoc and Mark Haskins, and the Fight Network, Lou King Sharp and Krieger. Um, and they're all in a six-team TLC match um, for the number one contendership. These sorts of matches, they're always crazy. Um, Having 12 men is, you know, almost a recipe for a clusterfuck, but I imagine there'll be some very fun spots, and, you know, there'll be stuff to enjoy here, definitely.
1: Yeah, I think it does, when you see all the names, it does look like it's got the potential to be a mess. Um, but I think that's kind of the reason the Briscoes are in there because they've done these matches before and they all kind of know how to put it together uh, from that, that kind of perspective. But yeah, it's an interesting one. Uh, it feels like the first time in ICW actually have quite a lot of tag teams at the moment. Um, the tag team scene has kind of been held up a little bit and, and I'll talk about that later in the show. But yeah, there's a lot of teams there. But I think it's a lot easier to work out who's probably going to win, if that makes sense. Because I very much doubt the Briscoes are going to be a regular feature in ICW. They don't come over to Britain a lot. Um, I can't imagine they'll become ICW regulars. I think there's just... They were a big name to get for this show. Um, And and they'll probably pop a little bit of a number, but not a great one. Um, The other issue is the team with Ashton Smith in it. Obviously, the new and the WWE NXT UK thing, I don't know how stringent the rules reported are, but if he can't wrestle WOS guys, that rules him out of facing either team that wins the tag team title match later in the show. Right. Because on one half, you've got Charles Samuels, and the other half, you've got Yeston Race, who are both WOS guys, and one of them will be tag champ at the end of the night. So you can't have a number one contender that's not allowed to wrestle the champions unless you do an angle between this show... December and then when they get their title shot. Uh so that probably rules them out. And then of the other four teams, the fight network have kind of always been at the bottom of the pile. Um Lou Shark's probably there to be thrown around, and Krieger's probably there to catch people. And then that leaves the other three teams, and the one I would probably point to winning are Havoc and Haskins, because I think they're a team ICW can make more use of, and they've used Jimmy Havoc in the past. And I guess they're a team that they can keep around and can book for future shows with all this kind of whole contractual mess around. So I would I would assume it's Havoc and Haskins, but given the strength of the field, it would also be a good opportunity to give a win to like the Purge, maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, if if uh, some of our listeners are going to be uh, say this is they're going to check out this show after this preview that we we pique their interest, there's probably going to be a few guys who. Uh, they won't necessarily have seen much of before. And uh, especially in this match, you've got Gervin, Faith, um, Crowbar, James, and the Fight Network guys. Um, all of those, they don't work a huge amount uh, in the bigger indies, in, um, either in OTT or Rev Pro or Progress or anything like that. So if you could pick out one name out of those six, um, who, who would be your guy to keep an eye on? Um. I'd probably go with two. I would say the kings
1: of cats, Lewis, uh, Lewis Gervin, and Faith, right. because Lewis Gervin was someone I C W were very high on a couple of years ago. Um, he kind of did this whole like best young wrestler in the world gimmick,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and it was probably a bit too much too soon. And he he wrestled Ricochet and looked out of his depth. Um, and since then, he kind of drifted from relevance and then got repackaged as the Kings of Catch with Aspen Faith. And they were part of the, the filthy generation with Stevie Boy and Kaylee Ray. Ray. Uh, Stevie Boy's out with a, a long-term knee injury at the moment. So this is kind of their opportunity to shine. And they've been in and around the tag picture all year, and they have been consistently improving. Uh, they had a really fun chairs match with Havoc and Haskins in October. And I wouldn't be shocked to see them with either, but they're probably they're probably the best team there of the ones people have never seen before, or the ones who are prepared to take the big spots and do the big spots. Right. So they'd probably be the ones to, to keep an eye on. I'd, I'm a big fan of Aspen Pace. I think I see more in him than Lewis Gavin,
0: but they've been a fun team anyway. Okay, that's cool to hear. So uh, I'll keep an eye on them. Um, moving on, uh, we've got Kenny Williams going up against Aaron Echo. Um, Kenny Williams is a guy who, it feels like every time I do occasionally check in with icw he's always at the exact same level he he's never quite at the top of the card he's always in some mid-card feud match and he's usually one of the, the highlights um yeah it, it's strange that he have not seen any upwards mobility
1: yeah it's odd i think he is probably one of the most talented guys that, that scotland has in terms of like actual scottish talent but yeah He's also one of the most inconsistent. There will be times where he looks he, he called himself the bollocks, and sometimes he does look the absolute bollocks. But then there are some times he looks pants. Um last year at Fear and Loathing, he wrestled Rey Mysterio and he looked good, he looked competent, but I think they got shortchanged in sort of in terms of time. Uh so the match wasn't great, and it felt as soon as it hit its stride, it was over. Uh-huh. Um and then <clears throat> Yeah, Kenny's held the Zero G title uh, a couple of times, but he's never really had long reigns with it, and he's always felt underused. And then he's never really got the bookings outside of Scotland, uh, which has kind of meant he has less name value than some of the other guys they've used, um, which sort of meant he kind of fell behind in the pecking order and was just a solid hand, but not potential star. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this year... He went to Baromania. He wanted Stevie Boy's um, like one of world title shot, and then yeah, it just yeah. He basically was like, oh, I'll put my career on the line in ICW in a ladder match for the briefcase, and they put it on the line, and Ste and Kenny Williams lost, so it's like okay, he's gone from ICW, and then his mate Aaron Echo comes down, and he's like, oh, it's a shame to see you leave. Kenny turns on him and turns out he signed another contract with Rudo Entertainment, which is the whole like Red Lightning, brand, Joe Coffee stable. Mm-hmm. And actually, yeah, right, I'm sticking around at ICW. And he has wrestled once since then in April. He wrestled in May and he has not been seen in ICW since then. Which has made the build for this really awkward because there's been one rambling promo from Aaron Echo and then one slightly less rambling comment from kenny williams that came up today
0: some classic icw um tm booking <laughs>
1: there then that that is a classic peak icw um yeah the, the match is an odd one because i think kenny i'm pleased that kenny's got the bookings with nxt uk because i felt we had got stuck in a rut and he was never going to break out on the UK Indies, where he was, and I think he's probably someone who will benefit from the NXT UK setup. But that probably means it's taken him away from ICW a lot more. So, in theory, the logical thing to do would be give Aruneko the big win uh, in the grudge match and then set him up to be a more featured act next year because you'll need him to be. Whereas I don't see the point of giving Kenny the win if Kenny's not going to be a regular feature
0: next year. Right, and he hasn't been so far this year so it would be surprising if he was
1: yeah that would make sense
0: right um cool but W often doesn't make any sense so um, this is very um, very, very true wearer. um yeah it, it was always weird because like, there's been a few times kenny it's felt like he's just getting his teeth into um, say the English scene, for example, like he was in that Super Strong Star sixteen once and he was quite impressive, but then never really had any follow up there. Um for a while he was semi regular in WCPW when that was a thing. And then it all just seems to Peter out, despite him being, in general, good in his showings, but I think maybe maybe his the biggest criticism for him is that he's never looked blow away in any of his big outings outside of ICW.
1: Yeah, and and if you need a solid hand, there are more than enough solid hands. Yeah. You can live
0: more locally to most
1: promotions.
0: That's true. It's very true. Um, but it is a shame that you know because he, he is he is a good wrestler. Um, and he'll probably show it here. Um, moving on, Grado versus James Storm. Um, why?
1: I don't know. Um, so James Storm has been regular in ICW this year. He debuted at the Square Go. Um. Where he wrestled Jack Jester, uh, which was fun. Um, and then the night after the Square Go, at a Fight Club taping, he wrestled BT Gun for the Undisputed ICW Championship, which he lost. Uh, he then came back to team with Ravy Davy at Baromania against Bram and Yestin Reese, in which, in only his third appearance with the promotion, James Storm turned heel and turned on the likable, plucky, lifelong underdog Ravy Davy and somehow sided with Bram and the Estin Reese, um those respectable gentlemen. And then he came back at Shuck's House party in a hardcore match against Ravy Davey and, and gave him a good pasting. Uh, and then he went away again, and then Grado called him out for a match at Fear and Loathing because Grado came back in the summer to ICW. He's kind of shown a bit more of a serious streak. He's, he's had quite a few wins since he's come back, and he wanted a big test on the biggest show of the year, so he called out James Storm. Uh, and it was ticking along fine, Grado seemed quite fired up, James Storm came back at him and was like, all right, this is going to be exactly what you expect a Grado-James Storm singles match to be. And then they announced that Jeff Jarrett was the special guest referee.
0: Because, of course.
1: Because I rolls. Um, and now it's either going to be shenanigans that sees... Jeff Jarrett, turn on James Storm and get Grado a nice feel-good win in front of the Glasgow fans. Or, and when I, I said this the other day, it's now stuck in my head and I can't look past it, Jeff Jarrett has, has been played up as Grado's friend. He was the one who brought him back to ICW. He's going to turn on Grado, cost him the match with James Storm and then set up a singles match between Jeff Jarrett and Grado for a later
0: date. It, it almost sounds like it can't happen. Just like, knowing their booking. Yeah. They love a Which, turn. They love a turn.
1: Yeah. And and they love illogical turns. Like, what has Grado done wrong to <laughs> Jeff Jarrett? Same as what had Ravy Davy done wrong in the scenario with him and Bram, and then James Don left him for dead as well. And then, I don't know. And the more I think about this match, the more it's upsetting me. Um <laughs> I I do like Grado. I think he's important for the Scottish wrestling scene that he is around because he won a BAFTA recently um, for his part in Two Doors Down, which is on the BBC. Uh, He's also in River City on the BBC. He's currently doing Pantomime in Glasgow. And he is a star beyond wrestling. He doesn't really need wrestling anymore. Certainly not in Scotland, but Scottish wrestling definitely needs Grado. Um, But he's another one who if all this NXT UK stuff comes to fruition, obviously him being aligned with Impact and World of Sport, there will be so many guys he can't wrestle. He's going to be in these special attraction singles matches more often than not, and never with any meaningful direction.
0: Yeah. um, I think in general, it's a problem if you put thought into ICW booking, so that's maybe where you're going wrong here. But um, (laughs) yeah, it... It the, the whole situation um, with the going forward with the NXT UK um, talent is really going to be interesting to see play out. Maybe interesting is the wrong word. It might be dep- more depressing to see play out, but but we'll see. The uh, the guys on the the next episode are going to go into more more in depth on the the current state of the scene, but uh, it's going to be one to definitely keep an eye on. Or well, maybe you won't be able to keep your eye on it because then this the scene may. Start disappearing somewhat in, in with all the guys who can't wrestle each other. But, uh, yeah. yeah, well, uh, we'll see, I guess. We'll see. Um, Joe Hendry versus Michael Whiplash. Um, I feel like this match has happened many a time, but uh, should be
1: good-ish? No. No? I suspect this one will not be good because it is... Probably the most storyliney match coming into it. Ah,
0: okay. Um
1: they've not wrestled each other in ICW in about two and a half years.
0: Okay, shows how much I pay attention.
1: Joe Hendry has improved a lot since then. But the problem is the backdrop of this whole feud has been Mark Ballas. Um because after Mikey Whiplash he was in triple threat earlier in the year for the ICW title. And it was a, a death match with BT Gun. Well, it was initially just him and BT Gun, and then Stevie Boy cashed in his, his Square Go contract to win. But in that match, Mikey got a rather large gash in his kind of upper arm. And it did look quite rough, to be honest. Um, and then in storyline, Mark Dallas used that as I'm not letting you wrestle hardcore matches anymore, and I'm doing it for your own good. Mm hmm. And since then, Mikey Whitlash has had to wrestle kind of trad- traditional wrestling rules matches. So he's like the only person on the roster not allowed to use weapons and uh, the DQ rule applies. And he has subsequently, since the end of April, lost every single match in ICW. After one of those matches, he was attacked by Joe Hendry, who is now kind of a mega heel in ICW. And he's now Mark Dallas's chosen one. Um, now how much of a chosen one he can be beyond this show because again, impact wrestling, the world of sport, I don't know. But he's kind of uber heel Joe Hendry. He doesn't speak. He doesn't have entrance music anymore. Um, he's just kind of very mean about his business, all that kind of thing. Um, because maybe the, the happy go lucky Joe Hendry didn't get anything in ACW and realized that, that being horrible would get him to the top. I think that's the angle they're going for. But because of the whole backdrop of Mark Dallas, I think this will end with some sort of nonsense finish. Uh, either Mikey Whiplash just losing the plot and just hitting everyone with chairs, or Dallas interfering and in costing Mikey Whiplash match. I don't know, but because of the storyline background, I'm not expecting anything
0: like this one. I'm afraid. Okay, let's uh, let's move on then. <laughs> <laughs> British Strong Style versus ICW originals in Wolfgang, Noam Dar, and BT Gun. Um, I've seen a lot, and I mean a lot of British Strong Style six mans at big shows across the UK and beyond in the past couple of years. Um, they they do somewhat blur into one, but uh, the live crowd always loved them. And the first few times you see them, you usually quite enjoy them. They're usually fairly comedy heavy um, and then end up with a, a lot of near fours and so, some cool moves and some biting, etc. Um, and it's usually quite good, even if it can become a bit samey. Do you think that's what we're getting here? Probably. Uh, I I think
1: so. Um, I think also because the result doesn't really matter yeah. because you've got Noam Dar and Wolfgang who aren't in ICW very much anymore. The, the British Strong Style guys, obviously Trent Seven's a former ICW champion, but they're not going to be around, really. The only person who is sticking around is BT Gant. Um So I think the fact that it's not there's not a massive backstory to it, it's just British Strong Style were announced. They needed someone to face them, and, and Wolfgang was like, well... Why don't we... They said they were coming to save Scottish wrestling and then Wolfgang was like, well, two fingers to you, Pete Dunn. Um, We're ICW and proud. I think it should be quite fun because I think this is a really big opportunity for Wolfgang and Noam Dar and BT Gunn to have have a nice moment. So I think they will be quite up for it. Um, And I think the live crowd will be really keen. I know that uh, the friend of mine who I'm going with really wanted to go because of Trent Seven. Um... So, I think, yeah, they are going to be a draw, for sure, and this probably will be quite... It will be every British Strong Style six-man tag you've ever seen, but it should be quite fun and will probably be one of the better matches on the night, because they'll probably be able to go out there and just have an average, decent match.
0: Okay, okay, so... uh... That, that's uh, maybe the most positive we're going to get, unfortunately, across this card. Oh, no, there, there, is more posit- there is more positivity to come. More positivity to come, then. Okay, that's that's good to hear. So, uh, <laughs> is it positivity surrounding the kinky party? Maybe. Maybe. Um, that's, that's more positive than I was expecting.
1: Okay, so I don't like Brown. I'm not going to pretend that I'm in the minority of people that, that does like him. Um, but at the same time, I think his tag team, Yeston Reese, has been fairly inoffensive in ICW. Uh, they've been quite good. It's nice to see Yeston Reese getting the opportunities as well. Um, these teams wrestled before at Shag's house party, and it was basically just a balls to the wall. They knew that if you went for like an in-ring, just a bog-standard tag team match, it probably wouldn't be great. So they went for table spots, jumping off the speakers and all that kind of thing. And it was actually really fun. Um, OK, there was a lot of Martina woven into it because she was kind of I think that the term Billy Kirk would use was Bram's main squeeze um, at the time. She has not been mentioned or around really since then. So I think this is just going to be a straight tag team contest. But I suspect the Kinky Party are going to lose because they've teased tension between them kind of on and off all year that they're really good mates, but sometimes it doesn't work out. And then, in the run-up to this, Jack Jester had lost a singles match to Bram, and Red Lightning, Alpha Evil's manager, said, well, if and Rees can defeat um, Shar Samuels, then we'll get a tag team title shot. Sha looked poised to win, but Jack Jester was worried that, that kind of, Bram was going to interfere, so he came in with a chair, clocked Sha Samuels with it, Char then got hit with a spear and pinned. Alpha e will have a title shot at the Hydro. I suspect that, The kinky party explodes at the Hydro, either before, during, or after the match, and they lose. And that the the move away feud from here is Jack Jester against Sha Samuels. Uh, Perhaps going back to Jack Jester's hardcore roots, and then Alpha Evil were uh, other tag team champions. I think that probably makes the most sense. But I think if they do what they did last time, and just... Kind of don't go for a traditional tag team match. So I think this will probably be quite entertaining, but again, there's probably a high chance of crowd brawling. So I'm not sure how that'll work at the Hydra, But that's probably. I think it will be all right. I'll be all right.
0: There's going to be a lot of turns on this show, isn't there? Oh yeah. <laughs>
1: I think I've got good at spotting them now, which is which is an improvement.
0: Yeah. They, <laughs> it, it. It feels like you've said it for every single match so far, and the worrying thing is. I don't disagree on any of them. They could all happen. Um, just knowing ICW's booking, they, they bl- I've said it already, but they bloody love a turn on their big shows. They, I mean, they love it on all their shows, to be fair, but especially the big shows. They love a heel turn. Uh, and they love lots of them. Uh, so that's probably what you're in, in, in for here. Um, Queen of Insanity match, uh, which I don't know what is to Be honest, I imagine it's just a hardcore match, but uh, you can enlighten me. Um, for the ICW Women's Championship, Viper going up against Kaylee Ray.
1: Oh, I'm all about this. This is the match I'm looking forward to by far and away the most on the entire show. Uh, so last year they had the first ever King of Insanity match, which was Stevie Boy, Jimmy Havoc, Chris Renfrew, and who's the other one? Oh. There was a fourth person in that match. But, uh, no, I can't remember. There were four guys anyway. Um, and it was basically just super intense hardcore. Uh, there were people getting driven through the stage. There were Canadian destroyers off ladders. Uh, it was, there was barbed wire. Um, it was great fun. I, it was a really enjoyable match. It was the best match on the show. And it, it was the last match before the intermission. So I suspect that this match probably is the last one before the intermission as well. But... Um, the, the backstory is that Viper's been champion since February, and she's kind of beaten everyone. She's obviously been off to Stardom on that title as well, and she's had a really strong year. And then Kaylee Ray said earlier in the year, oh, "I'm sick of wrestling the women. I only want to wrestle men in ICW now." And she did some of that. And then Viper said, "I'm only defending the the title at the Hydro if it's against you, because she's her greatest rival." Um. And Kayleigh was like, all right, fine, as long as it's like a queen of insanity. So the same as the men's match last year, basically. Ladders, tables, barbed wire, all the weapons um, for those two. And those two are both I, th- I both... I really enjoy both of their work. I think Kayleigh Ray's brilliant, and I think Ryford has uh, improved a lot in the last sort of 12, 18 months. And I think these two will, will go out there and have an absolutely brilliant match because they have the chance to steal the show. And they both do take their wrestling seriously and they enjoy wrestling each other. So I think this will be be great fun and, and a great way to probably crown a new women's champion in Kaylee Ray. But I, I wouldn't be shocked if I can retain, but this is definitely my pick for match of the night.
0: Okay. Um, uh, I uh, looked up the match from last year. Stevie Boy ran through Havoc and Whiplash. Ah, Whiplash was the one I forgot. There yeah. we go. Um just just to set your mind at ease of it'll be be bugging <laughs> you for the rest of the show. Um yeah, I've never been a big Viper fan, but if you say she's improved over the last year, I haven't seen a ton of her, so I'll I'll, I'll go into this one open-mindedly. Um, next in the, the series of championship matches, we have uh, Mark Kofi versus Joe Kofi for the Zero-G championship, um, which sounds odd, given the uh, the builds of both these two guys and what the Zero-G championship has traditionally been. But, uh, they are both quite thick boys. Um, they are. As the kids would say. Uh, some yeah. thick-ass boys. But uh, not not quite the high-flying action you're used to seeing for the Zero G title.
1: No. Uh, this match was also meant to happen in July. Um, but then... I think I remember this correctly. I think they got pulled. They both got pulled for NXT UK uh, reasons. Because the, WWE had said that you weren't allowed to work a show... Ten uh, like within a 10-day period before the tapings unless they'd sanctioned it uh, and they weren't prepared to let them wrestle each other. So they both got pulled, which meant that since Mark Coffey won the title in April, he's only actually wrestled for ICW three times uh, and Joe Coffey's wrestled for ICW twice this year. Um, so the build for this hasn't been super strong uh, because, again, they both haven't been around an awful lot. But I think it should still be quite good because I think... I enjoy Joe Coffey a lot more than most. Um, I will defend the Iron King. And I I, I think this is probably Mark Coffey's moment to shine because I I guess he's the one that they can do a lot more with next year and Joe Coffey will be around a lot less because he's going to be a lot more featured with NXT UK. Uh, Whereas Mark, probably, they'll have a bit more flexibility with what they can do with him. Um, But there again... Joe supposedly has a, a big match at the upcoming TakeOver, so him winning here could, in theory, be put in the, the WWE canon, but I don't really know. I think this should be good, because I think they're both good, and I've, I've not actually seen them wrestle each other before. I know they have wrestled each other before, but I've not seen it, so it, it would be... I'm looking forward to seeing it, and I,
0: I think it should finish fairly cleanly. but I'm not sure. OK. That, uh, if anyone's going to have good chemistry together, you'd imagine it would be these two, Um so, yeah, it, it could be could be one of the better matches on this show. So we're, we're easing into some nice positivity to close out the show. This, this is nice. Yeah. Is it going to continue with the main event? Um, title versus career with the asterisks of there's a lot of matches for your career that happen in ICW and half the people who lose them are still working for the promotion to this day. Um, but uh, Jackie Polo going up against Lionheart. Jackie Polo's the champion, which um, I didn't realise, which shows how much attention I I pay to the promotion. Um, When did that happen? Uh, So Jackie won the title in September from DCT. So DCT
1: wrestled Stevie Boy at Shug's house party for the title in a Loser Leaves the UK match. Right, Um, right, Brexit. Stevie, Stevie, it was one of the worst matches I've seen this year. I think there are about four minutes of clean wrestling and the rest was Viper getting involved because she's DCT's wife and Kaylee Ray getting involved because she's I think she's engaged to Stevie Boy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh you had Coach Tripp as well getting involved. It was basically a five person just brawl for for most of it. And then DCT eventually won. It wasn't good. Um but DCT has relocated to Australia. Right. And Stevie Boy's out injured. So Stevie Boy dropped the bell and then like Two months later, DCT dropped the belt to Jackie Polo and has not been seen in ACW since.
0: He has left the UK. He is, he is now in Australia. He, he um, is He is committed to the, the stipulation. Fair play to him. Which
1: makes me think that he was originally going to lose, but Stevie's injury probably made the hat to take the belt off him first.
0: He is committed to the stipulation despite winning the match. Even more impressive. Yeah. He also forgave Stevie Boy, so Stevie Boy doesn't now have to leave the UK. Oh, OK, that, well... So the loser of the match hasn't committed to the stipulation. Interesting, interesting. But the winner has. He's taken the prerogative himself. um, (laughs) I mean, someone had to leave the UK. It was written in the contract, but uh, he decided to take the fall. Exactly. These contracts are clad. Nothing if not binding. Nothing if not binding. (laughs) Concrete,
1: yes. But yeah, so Jackie polo has been champion for about two... It'll be about just over two months by the time we get to this show on Sunday. Um, his title reign's not being great, but again, I think he very much felt like a transitional champion. Um, and it was quite obvious that Lionheart was going to be one half of the main event at the Hydro. And I think the only way you could sell Lionheart in the main event at the Hydro is against Jackie Polo, the person who he's had the most consistent storyline beef with in ICW. Um, they genuinely don't like each other, um, which does kind of help. And I will put my foot down and say that their match at Sharks House Party was the best match in ITW this year.
0: Um, How much competition is there for, for that prestigious honour?
1: Uh, not a lot, to be fair. But uh, BT Gunn against Walter at Shanks House Party, in terms of like a pure wrestling match, was probably the best. Right. But in terms of enjoyment, as someone who's followed the whole Jackie Polo Lionheart feud, uh, their match, okay, in-ring, was not tremendous. Neither of them are ever going to pull up many trees in the wrestling world. But it showed the importance of psychology to a match. The callbacks to their feud of, of the Polo Mallet hit, hitting Lionheart in his injured neck and 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 Jackie Polo being able to kick out of everything that, that Lionheart threw at him, that was all there. All the callbacks were there. All the psychology was there. All the fact that Lionheart can beat everyone in ICW, he just can't beat Jackie Polo. Uh, all of that was there. So that made Lionheart winning feel all the more special. But obviously, they've given that result away now. That happened in July. It's very hard to recreate that magic. That, that was Lionheart getting his big win over Jackie Polo in the Hydro. Um, And the way they tried to spin it was when they started feuding again at the start of this year, Lionheart, as he is kind of prone to doing these promos refers to people by their real names um which jackie polo took umbrage to um because he has quite a low profile outside of icw he took issue with that and then came up with this just justice persona which was basically jacko polo becomes cowboy um it was highly amusing his accent was tremendous i encourage everyone to check out his promos they were hilarious um He has since abandoned that gimmick, though, and he he said to Lionheart, you might have beaten Just Justice, but you've never beaten Jackie Polo, which is true, but at the same time, it doesn't escape the fact Lionheart's beaten him before, and this does very much feel like Lionheart's coronation. So I think it's hard to get excited, and and this could be a bit of a kind of damp squib to end the show. But again, this is Lionheart's big moment, so I feel like he will be as motivated as he's ever been to try and do the business here
0: okay so you're cautiously optimistic perhaps
1: possibly um the effort's Look, i'm, gonna I'm be not going to pretend it, it's an incredible headliner or it's the one that i would have chosen myself if i was booking CW. but it could have been worse um and there is a good story there and the two men have sold it quite well um, but the, the thing is, they've probably telegraphed it a lot more with the whole career thing. But I, I don't know. But again, the, the other thing you have to bear in mind is that Jackie Polo isn't signed to any of the, the big bad companies, whereas Lionheart obviously is. So if Mark Dallas is worried about flexibility, keeping the belt on Jackie Polo wouldn't totally shock me. But I, I'm still probably 95% sure that Lionheart's going to win, which does suspend well not suspend display, but it does kind of ruin your investment slightly
0: yeah it's it's never quite the same when you, you you're probably not going to be biting quite as much on the near, near falls that sort of thing um but you know if there's one company in the world where putting a versus career stipulation on the end doesn't necessarily mean everything um because you know while these stipulations are incredibly ironclad, as we have talked about before, um, there are several authority figures who are quite happy to ignore the previously ironclad contracts and go, oh, no, no, I'll just re-sign you, it's fine. Um, but, because that's that's fine, apparently. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it doesn't stretch disbelief knowing ICW's booking... That Lionheart could easily lose this match, be fired, and still work more matches this year uh, for ICW, uh, work more matches next year for ICW than either of the people in the Zero G Championship match, for example. Um, But yeah, um, that's, I think that about wraps us up. Do you have any other overall thoughts you want to share?
1: Yeah, I I would say I really would like this show to be a success for ICW. Right. Um, I think they have lost their buzz. I do think they're in a weaker place than they were two years ago. And I'm not I'm not that much of a gambling man, but I wouldn't be surprised if this is the last show they're actually able to do in the Hydro. Mm-hmm. It, just it a step in terms down. of yeah, the amount of money it costs to run that building isn't light, and if they're not selling the tickets they'd be better going back to the Barrowlands or the SECC and kind of creating the atmosphere they had when Grado won the world title, for example, which was the loudest note in ICW history. Um, so I do think this might be the last Hydro show in a while. And for that reason, I'd really love them to just try and put as much of the, the nonsense booking and the non-finishes to the side and just let the guys and girls go out there and do the business because there are some talented wrestlers there and Scotland does need a strong wrestling promotion. There are talented guys there, and they need that platform. Because if you take away ICW, there is basically nothing up here that that has mainstream attention. That's not to slight Discovery or kind of PWE and, and the, the promotions at Lionheart runs. But beyond, ICW are the only one with any traction, and they do have a lot of traction in, like up here. Um And if if this showed bombs, and then next year they're hamstrung by contracts and stuff, this this could really be be the beginning of a new era for Scottish wrestling, and one that sends it back to being an afterthought again, which I don't want. Um, I've kind of grown attached to ICW in a uh, perverse way.
0: (laughs) Stockholm Syndrome, maybe.
1: Yeah, and I I would like them to do really well here, and I think this is the strongest card they put together for the Hydra in a long time so it's just a case of letting them go out there and do it but as always the proof will be in the pudding and i'll probably be sat here in a week's time getting angry and lamenting all the mistakes they made so i hope it's success i want it to be a success but i would not be shocked in the slightest if it isn't
0: i think that's a good way to to wrap things up here yeah it's a good summation of the thoughts going into this show um well thank you for coming on Andrew because I've been lost muddling through this this card without you. Um our our resident expert. Um You're you're more than welcome to, to come back anytime. We'll we'll maybe try and have you back on for what's their next big show? Probably Square Go?
1: Square Go is in February, I think. But I don't know. I assume they'll announce the date
0: on Sunday. Right. So right. Give you the scoops. There we go, there we go. We'll, uh, we'll probably have you back on then for a little mini-episode like this. Um...